0: titled, Seeking Asylum, Finding Refuge in God. Uh, My name is Tor Lu, and I'll be your MC for this month of October. Our title, you'll notice on your outlines for today, is Asylum Seekers in Suits, Could You Be a Refugee? In your outlines is also a slip of white paper, uh, which you can jot down a question or two to ask our speaker towards the end of our time together. We're going to aim to finish by 10 to the hour to give you enough time to get back to work. Well, our speaker this lunchtime is Mark Leong and I'll just share that I met Mark maybe about a decade ago when he was a Commerce Law student and one of my highlights of 2014 is having Mark join the CBF team because Mark is a pleasure to work with. Well, let me invite Mark up, and I'll ask him a question or two to help us get to know you. So, Mark... um, Uh, Mark, once upon a time, uh, you worked at uh, Ernst Young. How long did you work at EY for? Yeah, I worked at Ernst Young for four years. I
1: was a tax consultant there me, uh, you know, but uh, I help people, um, min- particularly companies, uh, minimise the amount of tax they pay, that was my
0: job. Yeah. And you're one of these people, Mark, who work at the same organisation as the person you're married to, yep. Grace young yep. and uh, you and Grace have recently had a new addition to your family, at three and a half weeks old, I think. Yep. Uh, how's it going with a uh, newborn? Yeah,
1: I, we usually don't do this, but uh, I'm a bit of a joking father, my son, actually decided to show, hopefully, a picture of him. So
2: well, can you press the
1: arrow?
2: <laughs> Here you go. is my time, uh, Mitchell.
1: He's three and a half weeks. But don't let uh, the cuteness fool you. He he actually is a vampire, I'm pretty sure. Uh, why do I say that? Because he loves a party at night. So he sleeps well during the day uh, and awake at night. Uh, figuratively and literally sucks the life out of my wife and myself uh, and, um, and yeah he, he he's a bundle of joy but quite a handful, handful at the moment and so uh, I don't know if you received a little promotion email for this month uh, a work colleague of ours described me as a vibrant uh, young worker and I'm going I'm not a vibrant young worker with a three and a half twenty year old son I'm a caffeinated zombie <laughs> um, uh, that's the last way that somebody or a vampire hit maybe. maybe a zombie, but that, yeah. So that, that, that's
0: mutual talk. Okay, good. Well, uh, I'll let you introduce uh, the rest of our time together. Great. Hopefully.
1: Thanks. Thanks for that introduction and the applause. kind of nice. <laughs> uh, uh, but usually we start these types of talks uh, with a funny story. Um, and that's how we start the talk, or the series. But today I'm going to do something slightly different. Uh, you, you would have received when you walked in uh, a copy of the, the whole of Ruth. Um, so, the first, it has four chapters, and today we're going to read chapter one. And rather than come up with a story, actually what I want you to do is to sit back and relax, uh, because I'm going to ask a colleague of mine, Grace, to come up. She's going to read just the first chapter. You may want to close your eyes and just let it watch over you, trying to visualise what's happening. Or you may want to follow along in the booklet. But as you do that, I've got two questions for you to think about as Grace reads Ruth chapter 1. And the first question is this. Which character are you most like? Which character are you most like? Which character are you drawn to? Which character can you identify with? That's question number one. And question number two is, what would you do if you were in their shoes? Two simple questions. Grace, Henry read chapter one.
2: In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Marlon and Kilian. They were Ephethites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, knowing his husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Marlon and Kilian also died and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Noah that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. "'Look,' said Naomi, "'your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. "'Go back with her.' "'But Ruth replied, "'Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. "'Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. "'Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. "'Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to deal with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Noah, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning.
1: I that floor is ready. Pretty touching story. Uh, it's a real story, but just eavesdropping on uh, real people, real lives. Uh, the events happened around about 1000 BC. So which character were you most that's like? What would you have done if you were in their shoes? Well, as the slide says, today we're talking to a new series, we're going through the book of Ruth, and the title is Seeking Asylum. Finding Refuge in God. And the question I have to each of you today is, are you a refugee? Because what we've just read is a story of refugees. Refugees are people who are searching for security. They're searching for a place of refuge, a place of security. Now, I don't know about you, if you've had a chance to have a meal with uh, some refugees there are refugees living in Sydney, and recently uh, last year I had to have supper with some of them. Um, as you'd expect, they're kind of quite modest people; they're, they're a little bit shy to start off with. But every single refugee you come across has a story, as you'd expect. And after they, after they go through their, so and work through that. There are two questions which come up. Which is the first question is. What caused them to seek refuge? What was taken away from their home country? They often speak of their home country in quite culture terms. What caused them to flee there and begin a search for a new home? That's question number one. What was taken away to force <coughs> them to look for refuge? And the second question you ask them is well, have you now found refuge? Uh, I, have you got your visa ordered? Can you all see your home or It's just a temporary arrangement. As we look at Ruth chapter 1, let me suggest there are two questions we're going to ask each of our refugees that we've met. What was taken away from them which forced them on a search? And secondly, where did that search leave us? Did they find a place of refuge? Because as I suspect, if you're like me and you sat through that chapter, as you let the words wash over you, you'll realise You may not be an asylum seeker by what you wear today, but each of us here are looking for refuge. Each of us here are looking for security. And so the question is, have we found it? And the question is, is the place where we put our refuge, is that place a place of lasting security? Well, the first refugee we meet, his name is Illinois. And what is taken away from him is economic security, his livelihood. Let's uh, read the first two verses of this chapter. In the day when the judges ruled there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah together with his wife and two sons went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, His wife was named the names of his two sons were Marlon and Kula. Well, I don't know about you, if you've ever desired to write a bestseller novel, but this is not how you would begin a bestseller novel. It's a very innocuous beginning. There's no drama here at all, and it'd be very easy for me, as I was uh, taking, through, taking you through this story, to gloss over it. We could easily dismiss it, but actually, let's pause here and think about what we've just read. Because there is something attractive in the mundaneness of these verses. Here are ordinary people trying to etch out an ordinary thing. See, Ruth is not a documentary of a CEO. No, it's the journal of a city worker who queues each morning at the same coffee shop so that he can get his 11th coffee for free. That's the type of story we're reading. We're getting a glimpse of The so ordinary is not overlooked here. Surprisingly, it's affirmed, observed, and recorded for us. And as we focus in on limit, he appears to be an ordinary man who is forced into a decision. What's the decision? There's a famine. Famine, no food. He has a family, responsibilities, and so he he pleased. He makes the economic decision to go to greener pastures. It seems a straightforward decision. Would you have done anything different? And yet, as simple as it sounds, it's not the attractive option. Let me explain. We need a bit of background to see this, and the writer gives us a few clues. Firstly, he chooses to go to Moab, and at this time, Moab and Judah are not on friendly terms there's a history of bad blood between Judah and Moab. A previous king named Balak was jealous of the success of Judah and his and the other tribes and so he hired a soothsayer to curse Judah. That's the history. That's the animosity. That's the jealousy that runs between Judah and Moab. Indeed, during this period when Ruth is ridden, Moab's king is manoeuvring to invade Judah and the surrounding areas. I was trying to think of a modern day example to kind of capture how Elimoire's family would have felt when he heard that he was moving to Goa, and I came up with this. Elim- the decision when his economic security was removed to, to go Goa, to it's like they it did in South Korea today, and his decision is to to pick up his wife and his two, two kids who have lived in South Korea all of their life, so is he to go to the demilitarized border, leave everything behind, and go live in North Korea. That's the decision we've just heard being There's a sense of betrayal in this decision. But who does he betray? His family and friends, yes. But there's something a little more happening again and the writer gives us a clue because Elimelech's name, it's a Hebrew name, it actually means God is my king. See, Elimelech's decision was not just betraying his family and friends, his heritage. He was actually questioning whether God was his king. The God who... who he had grown up with, the God who he had heard from a young age, the God who he knew had provided all his needs up till now, would that God, would that God take care of him and his family? When the economic security was removed, a little a choice. It was, is the God that I've known worth sticking with through hardship, or was it better to leave for greener pastures? And when his economic security was taken away, Elimelech chose to find refuge in another economic safe haven. It's hard not to see Elimelech here as a bit of a pragmatist. And pragmatists, they don't have time to really pause and ask, is the destination I'm going in right? They just go... See, Elimelech doesn't pause and say, is the place where I'm looking for refuge, is that a place of life and security? Or is it actually evil and right? Well, if Elimelech became a refugee because his economic security was taken away, the next person we meet became a refugee because her family, her relationships, her support network is taken away. Let's read verses 3 to 5. Verses 3 to 5. Now, Limelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left <coughs> with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth, and they had lived there about ten years. After they lived there about ten years, both Marlon and Philion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Now, speaking to a uh, grandmother a few years back, she was about 80 years old, and I actually still remember the chilling words she told me. She so just seen a friend, another eight year old, uh, uh, come back from a funeral where she buried her adult son. And what did she say to me? She took me aside and said, Mark, no mother should have to bury their own son. I pray that the Lord take me first because I'd rather die then outlive my sons and daughters. It really struck a chord with me. And yet that, that's just what's happened to Mary. And you feel her anguish. And you feel her heartache. And that's not just the full of the problem, is it? Because there are also economic implications for her as well. At that time, and in this culture, it's not a, a good find work either. Where is God in all of this? That seems to be the right question to ask. And indeed, when the things we trust in crumble away, whether it's our economic stability, we see our investment or pain with our or maybe your health deteriorates, you go to the doctor and you hear the diagnosis which you never expected to hear. Or the relationships that you hold so dear and precious to you, they crumble under the pressures of life. When the things we trust in, they crumble away, the where is God question is the right question to be asked. It's a question that both the follower of Jesus asks. it's a question that those who are looking on, who are inquiring, also ask and Naomi asks it too and her answer to the question is that God is against her. She becomes bitter to God. She even changes her name to Mara at the end of the story. Verse 20. Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. It's as if her grief consumes and colours everything she sees. God is only against her she seeks refuge away from God and can I say I really feel for Naomi right now honestly I don't know if I have the courage or the capacity to think or behave any differently and yet objectively taking a step back You can see that God was still providing it for them. Chapter 1 ends on a lovely note. Did you notice? Verse 22. They arrive in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. The chapter chapter begins in famine, but as she goes back to uh, to Bethlehem, there's a new harvest. The famine has ended. And in verse 6 we see that's because the Lord has provided. Indeed, isn't it telling that the writer doesn't call Naomi by her new name in verse 22, the writer doesn't address her as Mara, but continues to call her by her original name. She's referred to her name throughout the rest of her It's as if there's a quiet affirmation even here that no, your God is not against you. You should keep your original name, because your God is still with you. He hasn't abandoned you at all. Indeed, if you come with us and join us for the rest of three chapters, you'll hear how the rest of Naomi's story unfolds. Well, I've looked at two refugees. Elimelech, he became a refugee because his economic stability was taken away. Ruth, she became a refugee because her family security that was taken away. And the final person, well, I think, is the surprise packet of the whole chapter, and that's Ruth. So far, we've seen two people who grew up knowing God. It was part of their family upbringing, and part of their culture to pray and talk to Him. And so you kind of expect them to find refuge in their God, and yet they don't. But when we come to Ruth, Ruth is an outsider. She's a foreigner. She's the person who began with absolutely no knowledge of God at all. And yet, what does she say to Naomi in verse 16? It's on page 2 of the book. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. I'd love to know what uh, Ruth's journey was, from knowing nothing to uttering those words in verse 16. You know, was it through her husband? Is that how she came to know what God was like and so could make such a bold statement? Was it through robust conversation at the dinner table? You know, were they a debating family and they wrestled with, look at the Moab, the things that we do there, is that what it's like? Is that how it worked out? Or was it just quietly watching ten years of marriage unfold? And that's what helped her in verse 16, become convinced that this God was the God she should seek refuge in. In short, we just don't know. But her choice and her conviction is crystal clear. By her own words, by the comparison to Hawthorne, it goes back to the Bible. Ruth lost her husband, she too had her economic security taken away, and yet she decides, against all odds, to align herself with this God. From what she knows, she chooses to seek refuge in this God, the God of the Bible, the God who, in future, sends Jesus Christ into the world as the ultimate refuge. Ruth's words are unexpected in verse 16. Indeed, it's ironic too. Ruth sees life a lot clearer than Naomi or Elizabeth. It's unexpected, it's ironic, but it's also extremely risky. She enters Israel as a second-class citizen. As we read through Ruth, she's known as Ruth the Moabite. It's as if it's a stain on her record. Will the God that she trusts in, will he be a refuge to this vulnerable person? Or will she be discarded? Will the God let her sink? Well, I'm not going to answer those questions because we don't get an answer to them in chapter one. We'll have to come next week and see how the story unfolds. But today. The talk, the title of the talk on your the front of your outline was asylum seekers in suits. Can you be a refugee? On the second thought, perhaps the better question is, are you a refugee? Are you searching for security? I think we all are. And so the question is, where is your place of refuge?
0: And does your refuge provide lasting? Please be writing your questions on these little slips of paper and one of our ushers will collect them, or alternatively you can SMS your questions to the number on the screen while I make two quick announcements. The first one is Christianity A Short Course for the Curious. This begins in two Wednesdays time on the 22nd of October. It's a great course with a great facilitator, our forum speaker, our Stewart and a great location at the HSBC building near Town Hall. And also, uh, it's a great time after work from 6 to 8 o'clock, so it's uh, not too rushed. Uh, The second announcement, thank you Mark, the second announcement is the Forum Welcome Lunch. Uh, We'd love to invite you to a welcome lunch, lunch in order for us to get to know you and for you to get to know the City Bible Forum staff as well as an opportunity for people who come along to the forum to get to know each other. So that's happening in our offices on Bridge Street next Friday, the 17th of October. Uh, If you're interested in either of these two things, please ring or email our office. The details are on your outline. Or speak to me or Mark, our speaker, or one of the other City Bible Forum team. For now, uh, let's hand it over to Mark to answer some questions. The first question we've got, now bear with me as I use an i for the very first
2: time.
0: <laughs> uh, this question says, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did whatever he wanted. Yes. From Judges, chapter 21, verse 25, the last verse, and the, the questioner asks, I don't know if historically Judges perceived Ruth, yeah, it always strikes me that Judges ends with the above verse. Is there a link between Judges
1: and Ruth? Yes, great question. Uh, so if you look at the uh, first uh, couple of words in the day when the Judges rule, uh, that's kind of the, um, I guess, the time period when Ruth was happening. And so the back, the backdrop to a lot of Ruth is uh, the Book of Judges, which actually is the book just before. Uh, Know, as you look at the table of contents that were just before, before Bruce. Uh, so it is, uh, that's that kind of the, uh, uh, I didn't mention this, but the other element of refugee, uh, or why this is so about refugees, is because the time of judges is a time of political turmoil uh, for this region. Uh, uh, um, there are a lot of infighting, uh, the, the kind of civil war breaks out even, and so that would be another reason why, I don't know like it's time to go. And yet, throughout judges, what well, the thing is that God is still with His people, and that actually God is another word to judge here is actually save, is actually saving His people, drawing His people back to Himself. Um, that's kind of you see the goodness of God and kind of the the waywardness of His people. I think that's kind of the two big things that you see. in Judges. and Bruce fits in uh, to that. Kind of storyline, I think. Uh, but interestingly, it's kind of the story is from the ordinary perspective. The liberators are no problem, uh, unlike the people who rescue, the saviors, the judges. They're kind of they're world well famous. I think that's how they complement each other.
0: We're going to questions from the floor. <coughs> feel free to come up to Mark at the end and ask him any questions that you might have after us. Well, um, so thanks, Mark. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for, for coming along today. Now, if you need to shoot off, then please feel free to do that. But I think we've got time up our sleeve, where you might even get a chance to say good day to someone you haven't noticed in the Bible for him today. And in the meantime, uh, we'll, we'll finish off uh, reminding you that next week, Seeking Asylum... Finding refuge in God, where do you find refuge in crisis, is next week. Look forward to seeing you The recording that you have just listened to is from the City Bible Forum. For more information about City Bible Forum events in your
2: city, or to order other talks, please visit citybibleforum.org.